Praise God. Put your hands together for Jesus. Hallelujah. Just remain standing for a minute. I want to express my gratitude to um, Pastor Abby and to Q. Thank you very much for having me here tonight. Being a pastor is not easy. I know. We have a few churches in Mauritius. But I want you to put your hands together for your man and your woman of God. So put your hands together as a sign of appreciation. Come on, you can do better than that. Praise God. All right, let's pray and then let's get into the word. Father, in the name of Jesus, this evening I say none of me but all of you. Lord, I pray that you'll think through my mind and speak out of my lips. Lord, I pray that every heart be ready to receive the incorruptible seed of the word of God. Spirit of living God, you're the teacher. Teach us today. We've come to sit at the feet of Jesus, to receive revelation, information, impartation, instruction, and even correction so that we can align our mind to your mind and our lives to your will. Thank you, Father God. We submit under the authority of your presence and of your word. In Jesus' name we pray, and all God's people say, Amen. One more time, let's give it up for Jesus and then we can take our seats. Praise God. We can take our seats. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, this, this evening I want to teach. I want to teach you on something that's very important. So I'm going to take all my time to teach. Pastor Abby said we can finish at 12. 12 or 1. Was it 12 or 1? 1. Okay. So I'm going to take all my time to teach you something. We won't finish. We'll finish in about 45 minutes. But um, 45 minutes to an hour. Um, but I want you to press into the word. I want you to understand something today. Everybody say this with me. Lord, give me revelation. Give me understanding. Give me wisdom. Say it again. Lord, give me revelation. Give me understanding. Give me wisdom. Amen. The Bible says, if anyone lack wisdom, let him ask of God. How does wisdom come? Wisdom come by, number one, prayer. How does wisdom come? Wisdom come, number two, from the Word. The Word of God is the wisdom of God. How does wisdom come? By the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God is the Spirit of wisdom. How does wisdom come? It comes by impartation. Spending time with the right person. Standing around with the right people. So it comes by impartation. So these are ways that we can gain wisdom. And tonight, because the Spirit of God is here, and because we're going to go into the Word, we're going to have wisdom. So the title of my message is Money Management. Money Management. Amen? Praise God. Hallelujah. I'm going to teach you principles and attitude of finance. Principles and attitude of finance. All right? Now I want you to sit tight. I want you to allow the Spirit of God and the Word of God to teach you. Things are about to change in your life. Things are, if you apply the Word, if you apply the Word, now say this with me, revelation, application. So if you receive revelation and you apply it, then it's going to change. But if you receive it and don't do nothing with it, nothing's going to change. Jesus gave a parable of three guys one of them had five talents the other one had two talents and one of them had one talent the one with the five what he received he made it work the one with the two what he received he made it work but the one with the one what he received he buried it if you don't apply the revelation that you receive and if you just bury it somewhere it will not produce anything Amen? Now, in our lives, we are supposed to be productive. Everybody say, I am a productive believer. Say it again, I am a productive believer. Say it like you mean to say, I am a productive believer. Now, say this with me, productivity will take me to prosperity. Say it again, productivity will take me to prosperity. Every time you and I, we are productive, we progress in life. Every time you and I, we are productive, we progress in life. The Bible says we go from glory to glory. Say that with me. I go from glory, I go from glory. to glory. glory. 
Say it again. I go from glory to glory. You do not stagnate. You do not turn around in circles. You do not go back. You move forward. You go from glory to glory. Say this with me again. I am productive. I am progressing. I am prosperous. One more time. I am productive. I am progressive. I am prosperous. Amen. When someone asks you who you are, you tell them, I am productive. I am. I am. Amen. And you go from what? Glory to glory. So open your Bible, please, with me. And I know when we mention this word, a lot of people, sometimes we cringe. But this is how we will learn money principles. All right? Money management. You have to learn to manage. I'm going to give you three M's. Number one. When you have God on your side, you have the ability to make money. First M, say this with me. I have creative ideas to make money. Number two, the second M is to manage money. Amen? If you mismanage, you lose it. If you know how to manage it, it will be productive for you. So say this with me, make money. Say it like a minute, say make money. Manage money. Now the third M is called multiply money. So say this with me, make money, manage money, multiply money. I prophesy over your life, there will not be any more lack once you receive the wisdom of God. You will learn to make money, you will learn to manage money, and money will multiply in your life. Your days of being in lack and being broke is over in Jesus' name. Say amen, somebody. Say amen. Now, what I'm saying is not a Christian cliche. I am telling you the truth, and if you apply the revelation of the Word of God, the truth will set you free. Let me, let me give you my story. When I first started out, I was, I, was, I was living in poverty. Living in absolute poverty. When I opened the fridge, all I saw was the light. That's how poor I was. When I opened the top fridge, all I saw was the the ice, you know, the 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 the, the, the smoke, you know, the, the thing that came down. I thought it was the glory of God. That's all it was. All right. Now, do you know what a cockroach is? Yes, you have that in in, in your country. Well, the cockroach never came to my house because there's nothing to eat. That's how poor I was. All right. All I had was one pair of shoes. One shirt, one trousers, and I would preach with that every Sunday. And with my one pair of shoes, one day, in my, underneath my pair of shoes, there was a big hole. So one day as I was going to church, I stepped in a puddle. And when I was preaching, all I heard was, <laughs> that's how poor I was. All right, and I'm telling you the true story. My first car, I was 25 years old. The car was 30 years old. It's my first car. I was 25, the car was 30. And in that car, I would say to some of my members, I would say, do you want me to drop you home? They say, Pastor, we'd rather take the car, we'd rather take the bus, because we're not sure if we get home in your car. That's how bad it was. When I had to drive the car, I sat in the front. Okay, we drive the same, same way as My wife had to sit on the opposite side to make it balance. I'm not joking, that's how bad my car was. When I had to wipe, uh, wind down the window, I had to give it a hand. One day it was raining, and I was driving down, down the highway, and I put the wiper on, the wiper started, and then all of a sudden I saw the wiper fly out. That's how bad it was. That's how bad it was. So, and I had a little girl. My little girl could not wear cheap nappies. She could not wear, you know, when you put the cloth around, she could not wear that. Because when I put that on her, she had rashes all over her body. So she, young little girl that I had, had to wear pampers. 
You understand that? You understand that? One day I took her, when she got, got a little bit uh, bigger, we took her to shopping. And uh, when we go to the section where, where there are crisps, she would look at uh, Pringles. And I would say to her, honey, you can't look there. You've got to look here. Because that was too expensive for me. So what I'm about to teach you is not something that is just coming from the word. I've applied this truth. And today, by the grace of God, I am where I am, not where I used to be. I, don't, I no longer have one shirt. I no longer have one pair of trousers or one pair of shoes. Today, I've got wardrobes full of that. You understand that? You understand that? Today, by the grace of God, I'm not saying this to boast now, you have to understand. By the grace of God, today I can buy a new car. At that time, I was renting. Today, I own properties. Okay? So, what I'm about to teach you works. The devil cannot take this away from me because it works. So, I'm giving you money management. How to make money, how to manage money, and how to multiply money. First of all, in the Bible, I'm going to take my time just to talk. I'm going to teach and talk. I'm not going to preach. I'm not going to shout. Okay? I'm just going to teach and talk. First of all, in the Bible, there is what you call prayer, and there is what you call principles. All right? Now, prayer is powerful, but so too are principles. God in his word, for example, you just read your man of God, just spoke to you about the principle in the word that is called the principle of the seed. Whatever you sow is what you reap. As I stand today, I was, uh, uh, I've, I've been staying in a hotel, in a premier hotel, and, and I'm on the fifth floor. And as I'm standing there, I saw every plane that, that, that took off and was landing. I saw those planes. Now, the only reason why a plane can fly is because of a law called aerodynamics. That law never fails. 20 years ago, if I was to call you, I would, how many of you remember 25, 20, 25, 25 years ago, the mobile phone used to be bigger than your arm? How many of you remember that? Okay, and all we could do is just talk. But now, because of a law, because they tapped into the law. Today, I can be in South Africa, but I can speak to my wife in Mauritius via WhatsApp video. I see her every day. Why? Because there's a law. You understand that? Are you, are you listening to me here, church? Why can you be sitting on a chair? Because of the law. Law of gravity. Are you, are you listening to me here, church? So there are principles that God has laid in his word. If you apply the principles with the right attitude, you will prosper. If you apply the principles with the right attitude, you will prosper. Everybody say, I will prosper. I will. Say it again, I will prosper. I will. So my first, first of all, there are four types of giving. Four types of giving. Number one, I want you to write it down. Four types of giving. You have the giving that is called the tithe. You have the giving that is called the offering. You have the giving that is called alms. A-L-M-S, alms. You have the giving that is called seed. There are four types of giving. Every type of giving must have motivation and momentum. Every type of giving must have what? Motivation and momentum. The tithe, the motivation of the tithe is obedience. Okay? Why do we give our tithe? Because why? We obey God. Now, how many believers here obey God? Can I hear loud? Amen? amen. All right. Praise God. All right. So we obey God. Let's open our Bible to the book of Malachi. And please follow with me. Don't say we know it. Don't shut me down. Malachi chapter 3, verse 8. Malachi chapter 3, verse 8. First principle of money management. Everybody say 100%. Everybody say 10%. So out of your 100% that you get, 10% belongs to God. 
Thank you for that one amen. I appreciate it. Let me say it again. Out of your 100% that you have, 10% belongs to God. Thank you for the two, three, amen. Let me say that again. Out of your 100% that you receive, 10% belongs to God. Thank you. Praise the Lord. So Malachi chapter 3 verse 8 says, Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? And God says, in tithes and offering. Now notice that when you don't tithe and don't give your offering, listen to what I'm about to say. God says, not James, God says, you are cursed with a curse. I want you to write this down. If I don't tithe, if I don't tithe, I am under a curse. Now, I want you to, there are 10 different types of curse. I'm going to give you two today. Number one, financial curse. All right? You are under financial curse. Number two, you are under a generational curse. I want you to understand that. Those two curse goes into action when you don't do what God tells you to do. Remember that the motivation of the tithe is obedience. So, God says... You, if you don't give tithes and offering, you are under a curse. Number one, the first curse is a financial curse. So your finances are not productive. And number two, because your finances are not productive, it produces a generational curse. So you are inheriting or you are pushing to the next generation a curse because of your disobedience. Do you hear what I'm saying, church? This is why when you give, you produce blessing and generational blessing. Your giving can produce blessing for you and blessing for your generation. I'd rather have generational blessing than have generational curse. My granddad was a poor man. My dad worked hard. I want to be a rich man. I've got to do what my father in heaven tells me so that I can break every curse that my granddad had. Every financial curse that you have must be broken today in Jesus' name. And that curse is broken by obedience. That curse is not broken by prayer. It's broken by obedience. Say amen, somebody. So the Bible says, you are cursed with a curse for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. It says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse, and the line the word storehouse as well. For there may be food in my house. And God says, test me, prove me, try me now. In this says the Lord of hosts. Now notice how God introduces himself. He, he gives his name Lord of hosts. Whenever you see God gives his name Lord of hosts, host, which means also El Elyon, it means that he's the God that will fight for you. Let me prophesy over your life today as you're being obedient to God to give your time and offering. God will fight your battles. God will fight your battles. Battles that has been there from generation to generation. It will become a win in this warfare when you are obedient to God. Every cloud over your head, every, every sky, every, every, every window that is shut over your life, because you become obedient, that window, that heaven will be open in Jesus' name. Praise God. Say this with me. The window over my head is open in Jesus' name. Say the heaven above my head. They are open in Jesus' name. You are under an open heaven. You are under an open window. And God, when he pours out blessing, there will not be room enough to contain it. That tells me abundance. That tells me prosperity. May the Lord be good as you are being obedient to God, that you will have abundance. You will have prosperity. There will be no more lack. The days of famine is over. Your future is bright. The drought is over in the name of Jesus. Praise the Lord. So God says, I'll fight your battle. Prove me. If I will not open you, for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing. Notice that blessing is activated by obedience. Blessing, financial blessing. Sometimes we could be blessed in our health, but not blessed in our finances. 
Are you listening to me here, church? Sometimes we're healthy, but we're broke. God wants you to be prosperous in every area of life. Have you ever noticed that sometimes how the devil operates? You get, let's say you get 2,000 rand, and you thank God for the 2,000 rand, and then all of a sudden when you're thanking God for the favor of a 2,000 rand, all of a sudden, now you have a headache. Now you have to go to the chemist and buy medication. And then all of a sudden you come home and your wife or someone says to you, the shower is broken. And then all of a sudden you hear, well, the ironing board, well, the iron is not working. Speak to me, somebody. All right? The devil is stealing from you. And if you obey God, God will fight your battle and God will protect you. May nothing ever be broken in your life and in your house ever again. Because God has got your back. And if it does break, God will provide your needs. So the Bible says, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing. Now listen to me. I went through a phase in my life. I want you to listen very carefully. When you read your Bible, when you read your Bible, Jesus says, first of all, I went through this phase in my life that everything I bought was second hand. I don't know if you understand what I'm referring to here. Anybody understand what I'm referring to here? I would go to shops and I would buy secondhand stuff, secondhand sofa, secondhand cars. Are you here with me, church? Secondhand furniture. All right? But then it must get to a point in your life where God is blessing you that you don't buy secondhand, you buy what is new. The Bible tells me if you read your Bible that Jesus went on a donkey, it was a donkey that no one ever rode on that donkey. In another word, it was a new donkey. And in those days, donkey was a form of transport. May God be gracious to you that God provides your need and give you a new form of transport. No more second hand, but you get a new form of transport in the name of Jesus. Are you learning something here, church? This is the truth. This is the truth. Did you know what they did to Jesus? When they crucified him, they did not want to uh, tear his clothes. You know why they did not want to tear his clothes? Because his clothes was expensive and valuable. May God be gracious to you that the clothes that you wear, that the clothes that you wear be valuable and expensive in the name of Jesus. The world has portrayed an image of Christ as being poor and broke. But that was far from the truth. Jesus had his own house, had his own business, had his own, as it, had, it, had, had his own form of transport. He had to feed 12 guys every time wherever they go. And there were some women helping him in the ministry. May God be gracious to you that when you are blessed, you are not only blessed for yourself, but you become a source of blessing that you can be a blessing to others as well. Say amen, somebody. Are you learning something here, church? If you look at the book of Luke chapter 8, you will see that wherever Jesus went, 12 men came with him. A few women came with him. Some of these women were delivered. I prophesy over this church. Some women here that have been delivered, God will cause you to become rich, that you become a kingdom financier for this church, and this church will grow. This church will never lack, and you will know how to take care of your man of God. Say amen, somebody. Praise the Lord. That there me. There will not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer. Now who's the devourer? The devil. Notice what it does not say. It does not say you will rebuke the devourer. It says I will rebuke the devourer. When you walk in obedience, whatever you cannot see, God does it for you. Every trap of the enemy... Every agenda of the enemy, every agent of the enemy is broken right now in the name of Jesus. Because God takes care of you. He will rebuke the devourer for your sake. Say amen somebody. I was ministering at a church and I told him something. I said, you know, when I was, when I was little, my dad would take me out and there was things happening. Because I was small, I could not see. I wanted to see what was happening, but I could not see what was happening. And you know, there were other friends, other guys with me. We could not see what was happening. But then, 
I had my dad with me. And I said, Dad, I don't see. My dad will take me, put me on his shoulders. And what I could not see in my own capacity, because of the grace of my father, he put me on his shoulder. And I could see what I could know that I could not see before. And I looked at my friends and I said, I can see what is happening. May God put you on his shoulder that you may see what is happening around you, that you may see your future, that you may see all the vision and the provision that you need may God be gracious to each and every one of us say amen say amen praise God I will rebuke the devourer for your sake so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field says the Lord and all nation I'm Mauritian and all nation Mauritian people will call you blessed Ghanaian people will call you blessed. Australian people will call you blessed. Say amen, somebody. English people will call you blessed. You know, once I had to minister about finances. And I was in a room full of great people. Dear brother, the man wore a tie. His tie had more value than from head to toe what I was wearing. Do you understand what I'm saying? The tie was worth $100. And my clothes, what I had, the whole thing that I was wearing was worth $40. But the time is coming. The tides are changing. Come on, I said the time is coming. The tides are changing. What we could not afford now, by the grace of God, the time is coming. Oh, you got to watch me. I'm on my way up. I was down, but God picked me up from the pit and he's taking me to the palace. The Bible said when the prodigal son came, the father put a cloak around him. May God clothe you tonight in the name of Jesus that you will never be in lack, that the clothes that he gives to you are more precious than any clothes that you've ever worn before. God gave him a ring and his shoes. I love shoes. My wife loves shoes. Yes, tell me about it, huh? Ladies love shoes, right? My dear sisters, by the grace of God, may you never lack any shoes. May it be high heels, low heels, trainers, black shoes, green shoes, brown shoes, whatever shoes. May the time come when you open the cupboard, you will not know which shoes to wear because God has blessed you exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask or think. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. So the first principle is the principle of the time. Everybody say 10%. Say it again, 10%. When you give God your 10%, you are honoring God. Say this with me, I desire, I desire to honor God. Honor. See, when you honor God, God honors you. This is relationship. When you honor God, God honors you. Now look what the Bible says. Let's go to the book of Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5. I had to learn this. I had to stop depending on the hands of a man and start depending on the hands of God. I have to stop looking to man as the source of my life. The source of my life is not man. The source of my life is God. Say amen, somebody. Amen. You know what it got? It got to a stage in my life, and I'm, once again, I'm not boasting. Remember that my first car, I was 25, and the car was 30 years old. You know, today, by the grace of God, I drive a BMW. You know how much I paid for it? I paid zero. The government gives it to my wife so that we can go left, right, and center. The government gives it to my wife. Why? Because I'm highly favored of the Lord. My wife is the magistrate, so she has to get a car from the state, and the car that she gets from the state. This year, I've drove an Audi. I've drove a Merc, I've drove a, 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 a BMW, all free of charge. How? By obeying the principle of the word. Are you learning something here, church? Are you learning? Do you know, Sunday night, I have to be at the airport at 10 o'clock. Then sister, on Sunday, 1 o'clock in the morning, I'm flying to Seychelles. Now, what am I doing in Seychelles? 
I'm believing God to plant a Bible college. Do you know how that came? Let me tell you how it came. I was praying, I said, Lord, give me the Mascarene Island. Lord, give me the islands. Lord, you said I will have doors of ministry. So I started sowing into ministries. I started giving into ministries. And so what happened is my wife came and said to me, um, I've got a letter. Normally it's supposed to be two judges that goes, but they want me to go. Do you know where they want me to go? I said, where do they want you to go? They said, she said, they want me to go to Seychelles. So she said, what do you think we should do? I said, honey, we've been praying. You know, sometimes Christian, we have the spirit of stupidity. <laughs> How many of you understand what I'm talking about? You've been praying for something. So when God opens the door, to give you that thing you know what you do you say let me pray some more my dear friend when God opens the door speak to me somebody when God opens the door step in brother don't get too spiritual now and say oh dear God I'm wondering you prayed for that door are you learning something it's like sometimes we pray, Lord, that you provide my needs. Lord, that you give me food. And someone knocks on your door and say, you know, I've got a bag of groceries. Would you like it? And you say, let me pray. That's no time to pray. It's the time to take. I was in America one day. When I was in America, I, was, I, I, I stood there. And you know, America is big. The country is big. The Coca-Cola is big. The people are big. If you think I'm big, go to America. And I was in America. It was one of those lifts that was glass, you know, in glass, made of glass. I pressed the button and I saw the lift coming down. And then what I did is I started looking around, I started looking at the fish, I started looking at, there was a small pond, I started looking at the fish, I started looking at people, I started looking left, right, and center. I called the lift, I was there first. It was just me. And then I saw the people coming down and I just looked around. Then the door opened. I heard ding. The people came out and out of nowhere, 10 Chinese or Japanese people rushed in front of me. They got into the lift. There was no place for me. The door closed and they went up and I looked at them going up and I thought to myself, I was here first. I pressed the button, the doors opened for me, but because I was distracted, when the door was open, they seized the moment, they seized the opportunity. May you have wisdom that when God opens your door, you seize the moment, you seize the opportunity to go up because your time ele of elevation has arrived. God will open the doors for you. Say amen, somebody. I felt stupid standing there watching them go up and I thought to myself, I called the lift. Let me tell you, your days of watching people go up is over. It's your time. It's your turn to go up. It's your turn to go up. Say amen, somebody. Quickly now, duh. Are you learning something? The motivation of the tribe is obedience. The motivation of offering is generosity. The motivation of the arms is compassion. The motivation of the seed is faith, favor, and rewards. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. With what? What's the, what does the word all mean? All means all, right? Okay, if, if, if we get cakes and I eat all, how many is left for you? None. So the condition of your heart is very important when it comes to giving. God loves her. Cheerful giver, not a tearful giver. Cheerful giver, amen? Now, the Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. Keep reading now. Let's go to verse 6. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Underline that next word. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh, strength to your bones. Verse 9. All together. One, two, three. Let's read together. Honor the Lord. So your giving is a form of honoring God. Say this with me. Honor the Lord. With my possessions. And with the first fruit of all your increase. Every money that comes into my life. I set 10% apart. I get 100, 100 rand. 
10 rand for the Lord. Well, I'll do it more now. It's not just 10% now. You, are you listening to me here, church? Of course, first of all, it needed principles. First time I did it, it was difficult. But you know, I, now it's so easy. The first time I tried to walk, it was difficult. But now, it's so easy. Do you remember the first time you tried to walk? You don't remember. It was a long time ago. Watch a baby. Watch this little girl. The first time she tried to walk, she fell down. But she never gave up. Let me tell you, sometimes we say, well, I've tried to give. No, keep on giving. Giving needs momentum. Are you learning something? Now watch. Watch this now. Honor the Lord with all your possession, with the first fruit of all your increase, so shall your bonds be filled with plenty. What are your bonds? Let me write some of your bonds. Look, look at what it says. Bonds with an S. Your bond number one is your bank account. Your bond number two is your wardrobe. Your bond number three is your fridge. Your bond number four are your cupboards. Every place where you store things, they are called your bond. So your bond shall be filled with plenty. Are you learning something here? You won't lack clothes. You won't lack food. You won't lack finances. You will always have it in plenty. Now let me show you what I do. One day, I'm in Mauritius. You've got to understand that at that time, the rand to the Mauritian rupees was five to one. One rand, five rupees. At that time, one dollar was 30 rupees. At that time, one pound was 40 rupees. So you know what I did? I started prophesying. I said, Father, in the name of Jesus, I command rands, I command euros, I command pounds, I command dollars to come into my life. You know why you don't have, you know, how many of you here you got dollars? You know why you don't have dollars? Because you never asked. So easy, isn't it? The Bible says you don't have because you don't ask. So I began to ask. I noticed I did not ask for Indian rupees. You know why? No value. <laughs> if you read the book of Ezekiel chapter 37, it says prophesy to the wind. Prophesy to the bones. Prophesy to the spirit. So I began to prophesy. I said, Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm a faithful tither. I am a giver. Lord, I command euros. I command dollars. I command a pound sterling. I command a, a dollar Australian to come into my life. I was sitting in the car. We, I, I fell asleep in the car. He talks. I sleep. And I checked my phone. Somebody sent me $350. Wow. Why? Because I asked. So simple. Have you asked? Speak to me, somebody. I said, speak to me, somebody. You've got to dare to ask. You know, we always talk about Peter walking in the water and then drowning. But he dared to step out of the boat. You've got to dare to ask God. But God will give when you learn to give. What you release out of your hand, God will release out of his hand. You may not have contacts with an American, but God's got contacts. You may not have a contact with a British person, but God's got contacts. I've had people that came up to me, and I'm not lying to you. They come up to me, they said, you might not know me, sir, but I know you, and here's an envelope for you. And me, every time I get an envelope, I want to go to the toilet. Not because I need to go to the toilet. I want to know what is in the envelope. <laughs> do, do you understand what I'm saying? When they say, this is for you. And you know, I, I get the envelope and I say, please, could you excuse me? I need to go to the bathroom. I go to the, one day, sister, I went to the bathroom. They gave me so much notes. I went, woohoo! <laughs> one guy thought, oh, this guy's exciting about doing a pee-pee. The Bible says that God would send people. That includes strangers. May people walk up to you and be a blessing to you. In the name of Jesus. Dare to ask God. I said, dare to ask God. I was, I was, I was ministering one day, Pastor Abby. And uh, I, was, I was preaching in Mauritius. 
And as I was preaching in the church, guy walks in, big guy, South African guy, twice, three times the size of me. Walked in, listened to the message. Uh, at the end, I said, sir, did you enjoy it? He's a friend of mine. He said, he said, James, I enjoyed your teaching, but I don't like your sound system. I want you to come with me. We're going to go to the store, and we're going to get all the best sound system that we can get. Did I ask him? No. What did I do? I asked God. See, I asked God. Let me, let me give you some stories here. Because he talks about your heart just before that. Let me give you a story here. That time, I was praying for a new building. Renting a new building. That time, I was praying for people to come to the church. That time, I was praying for sound equipment. But you know, someone did me wrong. Someone took 50% of the church took them away by lying to them about me. And I was angry. Anybody have ever been angry? I was angry, man. I wanted, to, I wanted to pray for him, but I wanted to give him the, the fivefold ministry. My prayer, my prayer to him was, Lord, burn his head. God stopped me. One day I was worshiping God. And God said to me, and I felt the very presence of God right next to me. I was worshiping, I know God was there. And I heard the voice of God. You know, I was, I was, I was so much in this, Lord, bless me. Lord, give me this, Lord, give me. And God said to me, do you want all this? I said, yes, Lord. He said, whatever you want, pray on this man. I said, I bind you, wicked spirit. I command you. <laughs> See, God was dealing with my heart. God was dealing with my anger. God was dealing with my bitterness. God was dealing with my offense. And I had to clear it out. And one of the ways that you clear it out is by blessing your enemies. The time will come where you will bless your enemies. Amen. So I started praying over him. I said, Lord, I pray. I release him right now. I just pray that you bless him with a new building. Bless him with sound equipment. Bless him with new people. When I prayed that, in the next two, three weeks... Let me tell you who walked into our church. There were new people who walked into, into our church. Four ladies, you know who they were? They were from the South African High Commission. They walked into our church. I want to tell you those South African ladies that walked into our church, that was from the High Commission, they were good tithers. Are you listening to me? The power of prayer and the power of principles. We got a building, the first building that we got. Now today, by the grace of God, and I'm going to prophesy over you. Today, by the grace of God, we have our own building. May God be gracious to you. That you will have land, that you will have buildings. As you're being obedient in the word of God. God will bless you. Personally and in your ministry. But that time I had to rent a building. When I was renting that building... The lady said to me, I said to, I said to her, how much for the building? She said, and she is part of what you call the voice of Hindu. They do not agree with Christianity. In fact, they persecute us. So I said to her, I said, lady, I'd like to rent your building. I'd like to rent your building per month. How much? She said, 50,000 rupees. I said to her, lady, it's too much. She said, how much can you pay? I said, 9,000 rupees. She said, that's too small. I said, lady... I'm going to pray, you're going to change your mind. I'm, I'm going to come back tomorrow. I came back, to, true story, I came back tomorrow and I said to her, lady, she said, listen, I thought about it, the last price I'll give to you is 40,000 rupees. I said, lady, I'm going to pray some more. I'm going to come back tomorrow. All I can offer is 9,000 rupees. I'm going to come back. I go there. Cut long story short, I came back three, four days. It went down to 20,000 rupees. Then I said to her, I said, lady, come on, lady, all I can give you is 9,000. She said, look, I've come down to 20,000. I said, lady, come on, you got to, you, we've got to get something here. We're not far. She said, okay, listen, loss of the loss, 15,000. I said to her, lady, listen. I'm going to make it fair on you. I'm going to make it fair on you. You say 15, I say 9. I'll add 3, you minus 3. We'll agree on 12. She said, okay. So I got a 50,000 rupees building for, for 12,000 rupees. Just now, last year, this time last year, October last year, I was trusting God for a building, trusting God for a building. I looked and I saw this building 
on the internet. And I said to the agent, I said, where, where? she said, um, you know, you have to come and sign a paper first. I said, I said, young lady, I just want to know where it is, what, what's the address, where, the whereabouts. And she told me the whereabouts, that was her biggest mistake. So I got two of my leaders and I said, I want you to go to this road, find the building. If you find the building, I want you to also find who owns the building. Ask the neighbors. She went out. They went out, her and her husband. They went out and they found out who the owner was. Now, the building was going for 17 million rupees. Okay? One of the things that we do is in Mauritius, we help other ministries. So I looked and I said, I spoke to the man. The man was Chinese. And I said to him, you know, 17 million, I want to see the building. I went into the building, looked at the building, and 17 million, I said, no. He said, he said, how much? I said, the only thing that I can give you is what the bank can give me. And at the moment, I can give you 10 million rupees. He said, are you joking? I said, do I look as if I'm joking? <laughs> so I said, he said, the last price is 15 million. I said, sir, 10 million. He said, 15 million. So I said, we'll meet again. We met again after one month. He said, look, the last price is 14 million. Now I meet with his son. And I said to his son, you know, tell your dad it's for a church. It's for a good cause. So you know what he says to his dad in front of me? He says, dad, you are about to die. That's what his son says to his dad. Dad, you are about to die. So do something good so that you can get a place in heaven. <laughs> so the father said, okay, listen. So that I can get my place in heaven, 12 million. I said, read my lips, 10 million. <laughs> so the guy said, okay, we'll conclude the deal at 10.5. I said, give me your hand, let's shake on this. We got a 17 million building in 10.5 building. May the God of the universe be gracious to you that you get buildings for half price in Jesus' name. Say amen. amen. Now, how many of you know the, the fifth commandment? What is the fifth commandment of the Ten Commandments? The fifth commandment of the Ten Commandments is honor your father and your mother. Okay, now listen to me. It says here, trust in the Lord and learn to honor God. So I want you to honor three fathers today. Because if you learn to honor three fathers, it will be well with you. Number one, you will honor God the Father. God must be first. Say that with me, God must be first. So your first honor that you honor you honor God first. Number two, you have natural fathers. You, you did not come here by coincidence, am I right? You were not born by immaculate conception, am I right? Speak to me, somebody. You are here because of your mom and your dad. Number two, honor your parents. Number three, how many of you know that we have spiritual parents? Who's your spiritual parents? I'm not your spiritual parent. Your spiritual parent is sitting right here. Come on, say amen, somebody. Come on, say amen, somebody. He's my friend, but I respect him as a man of God. Do you hear that? So in order for it to be well with you, you have to do number one, honor God. Number two, honor your family. Number three, honor your man of God. You know, all my, the people in my church, when we first started out, no one had cars. Today, we have problems with parking. Because they learned to honor me. They learned to take care of me. And I'm not, I'm not joking. You've got to understand that Mauritian, we were poor, very poor. But because they learned to honor the man of God, God placed honor upon their lives. Don't just honor the God that you do not see. Honor the man that you do see. Say amen, somebody. He hasn't told me to say this. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. When I come to church every Sunday morning, when I park my car, they go outside, they come and meet me, they open the door, they say, Pastor, so good to see you, Pastor. Then they take my Bible, they take me up to my office. I can carry my Bible, but they take it for me. They bring me to my office. You know what's in my office? There's tea, coffee, fruits. Every breakfast that I need is on my table. Because they learn to honor me. Are you listening here, church? Yes. Not just me. They honor also my wife. Because my wife and I, we are one. Yes. Do you know for Christmas, they buy me presents? 
Do you know for Christmas to take a special love gift offering for me? I don't ask them, but because they've learned the principle of honor, when it comes to Christmas, they organize, they say, Pastor, this is from us, all the pastors and leaders, and then we're going to take a love gift offering. I, I don't even do anything. I sit down. They say, we're going to take a love gift offering for our, for our spiritual father. We've got our end of year bonus. We're going to give him bonuses as well. Amen. And they take the offering. I used to be shy. Now I just take it. <laughs> I've been delivered from the spirit of shyness. See, whatever you respect, you will attract. Amen. You want to attract the anointing that's upon his life, you have to learn to respect it. I'm giving you principles here, church. The principle of honoring, the principle of giving. So they, 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 when it comes to my birthday, I sit there in the church, I preach, when I finish, they said, we have a surprise for you. They'll bring out a table with a big cake. And they bring out presents. I love presents. And they buy me shirts. And they buy me trousers. And then they give me a lot of envelopes. And every time I see envelopes, I want to go to the... <laughs> you hear that? Amen. You know when Jesus was born, three strangers honored him. How do you honor someone? By giving them gifts. I want to give you something that you can give to your man of God and to your woman of God. Give them a gift of appreciation. Amen. You must learn to appreciate what you have. Because when you learn to appreciate what you have, you will get what you did not have before. Amen. This year, 18 people from my church in Mauritius came to South Africa. 18 people. You know how they did it? They broke the curse of poverty. How? They learn to honor me. Every time I go, not, not this time, now they don't do it anymore because they know it's okay. But when I go, some people will come to me, Pastor, or actually, I'm sorry, Lord. Yes, they did do it. They said, Pastor, are you going? You're going to South Africa? Here's an envelope. Pastor, you're going to South Africa? Here's his here's shirt for you. Pastor, you're going to South Africa? Some people, they don't even have a lot of stuff. They say, here's a pair of socks for you. It's called honor. It's called honor. They learn to honor their man of God. Never ever disrespect your man of God. You are cursing yourself. The day that you curse your man of God is you're cursing yourself. All right, let's take it home now. I'm going to teach you very quickly as we close. Who do we honor? Say, I honor God. I honor my parents. I honor my spiritual parents. Two things will happen for you. Number one, you'll be blessed. Number two, you'll be healthy. Amen. I have noticed in my life, every people that do not, that curse the man of God, they have a curse of sickness over their own lives. Amen. Touch not my anointed. Touch not my anointed. Anyhow. So how do you do this? Very quickly. So you know your 10% belongs to God. In the book of Genesis, I'm going to close now. In the book of Genesis, chapter 41, you have what we call, chapter 41 to chapter 47, you have what we call the Joseph principle. What is the Joseph principle? Now write 100%, write 10% belongs to God. We are left with 90. Out of every 90% that you make, 20% goes into a saving account. Did you hear what I just said? This is money principle from the word. Joseph, Pharaoh had a dream. There will be seven years of abundance and seven years of lack. So in order to deal with the lack, Joseph said, we have to find someone that we can place over and we put 20%, one-fifth, 20% aside so that when the time of famine comes, we'll still be in prosperity. May God give you wisdom and may God give you abundance. Listen, I know... It's Black Friday everywhere. <laughs> but don't have impulsive buying. Yeah. I used to be like this. You know, you walk into... <laughs> you put in the trolley things that you do not need, but things that you needed was not in the trolley. And you take it home and you said, I needed milk. But you didn't buy milk. 
They know what they are doing. These people are very clever. Have you ever noticed when you go to the supermarket, you were, you were used to have this row, uh, tea, coffee, and so forth, and then suddenly after three months, they've changed it? Because they know you know where the tea, coffee is. So they change the place. So that when you go there, you don't get the tea, coffee. You get the crisps, you get the sweets. You understand that? Creative. You've got, to be, you've got to have creative ideas. Say this with me. Put your hand on your head. Say, in the name of Jesus, I have creative ideas. I know where the money is. Say it again. I know where the money is. Some of you will become businessmen and businesswomen. You will not only have the ideas, but you'll have the inspiration and the innovation in order to put this idea to work. And through that idea, God will bless you exceedingly abundantly. God will give you creative ideas. Are you learning something here, church? Bless your mind every day. I have creative ideas. You know, Jesus said to Peter, Peter, do we have to pay tax? And, and Peter stayed quiet. And he said to Peter, Peter, go fish. In the first fish that you catch, you see money in that mouth of that fish. God knows where the money is. If you spend time with God, He will tell you where the money is. There is, there is not a lack of money in this world. There is a lack of ideas to get the money. Are you learning something here? Don't let them fool you. There's not a lack of money. There's a lack of ideas. Everything on your body started with an idea. Your glasses started with an idea. Your watch started with an idea. Your trainer started with an idea. Everything started with an idea. But idea without implementation equals zero. One day a woman came up to me and said, Pastor, I do, I do chicken better than Kentucky Fried Chicken. So I went, we went home to her house. And I have to tell you, the chicken that she cooked was much better than Kentucky Fried Chicken that I have. And I said, sister, God has given you a talent. God has given you a potential. Everybody say potential. potential. God has given you a talent. All right, now watch. I said to her, but you've got to put it to work. She says, I will. It's been 15 years. And she's still living in poverty. Are you hearing me here, church? Ideas without implementation equals zero. There are too many people that have ideas, but they don't do anything about it. There are many people here that you can sing, but you never sing. All, the only place that you sing is in your shower. But the shower never uploads for you. Now, I respect the multicultural thing that you guys do. I mean, I would never... What was that guy's name? Soldier. If I started banging on this stage like Soldier, I would be underneath that stage. <laughs> but that's called creative ideas. You hear that? I see some of you singing. You've got good voice, creative ideas. God has given you that talent. That talent can make you money. You never run after money. You run after God, money will run after you. Are you learning something here, church? Creative ideas. So 10% belongs to God. 20% belongs to your bank. You have to have a bank account. You have to learn to save your money. You are left now with 70%. If you go to any banks, every bank will tell you, we will only take 40% of your money. So you need to learn to live out of the 30% that's left. If you had to choose between buying a car and buying land, you buy land. Because the car, as soon as you start it and you take it out, it has lost its value. But a land will never lose its value. You hear what I said? Have you noticed that the first thing that God gave to man was land? God gave man a garden, land. Have you noticed that when God says to Abraham, Abraham, get you out from this place, I will give you what? Land. And have you noticed when God took the children of Israel out by Moses, he gave them? So ask God for land. Are you learning something? The land that five years ago in Mauritius, we, my, three, my two brothers, the three of us, we bought a land 10 years ago. The land that we bought 10 years ago, it was agricultural land, one acre, just less than one acre. It was at that time, we paid 600,000 rupees. Do you know how much it's worth today? 10 million rupees. 
That is on the cheap side. If we really want to push it, it's worth 15 million. So buy land, buy properties. You know what else you buy? Buy gold. Learn to do investment in your life. Jesus was a great investor. God is a great investor. But how do you do this, Pastor? You have to have creative ideas. You have to learn to educate yourself. Don't be ignorant. Ignorance must become your enemy. Are you learning something here, church? Why can't other people make the money? Why are they magnets? They're not magnets. They just have ideas. As I close, I want to say something to you. You're sitting here today. Maybe there's no one in your house, but you're still paying bills. Just because you're not in your house does not mean you don't pay bills. Speak to me, somebody. You still got to pay rent, right? You go away for a month, you come back, you still got to pay the rent. Am I right? So now you're working for money, but you have to turn it around. You have to make money work for you. How do you make money work for you? You have to ask God. Lord, give me an idea. There's some women here, you know how to make clothes. Make the clothes. Because that's a creative idea. Some women here know how to bake. Bake the cake. Some guys here know how to do mechanics. Stay in your work and start doing some mechanic. Earn extra income. Did you know how many rivers are in the do you know how many rivers are in the Garden of Eden? There were four rivers. That means that God wants us to have four streams of revenues. Are you learning something here, church? You know how I make money? There's nothing wrong with making money. Just don't love money. The love of money is the root of evil. You know how I make money? Here's how I make money. I work for the church. They pay me a salary. You must learn to pay a salary to your pastor. I write books. So wherever I go, whenever I go, I sell my books. Second source of income. Third source of income, I go and teach leadership. To the secular world they pay me for that number four I go and teach life skills they pay me for that number five I do other little stuff that I teach that I counsel not Christianity Christianity is free of charge but I charge the people in the world and I teach African leadership university I go and teach what they call green collar, or blue collar, sorry, blue collar. Blue collar are the gardeners and the, uh, uh, those people. I go and teach them and they pay me for that. I teach young people that are part of Vatel. Vatel is one of the best schools in the world on hotels and management. I go and teach six hours to first year, second year, third year, and fourth year, and they pay me for that. How did you get all this, Pastor? I prayed, I asked God, and I trusted God, and God opened the door. God does not reward laziness. Are you learning something here, church? You know how I broke poverty, brother? We bought a, 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 a car, seven-seater. I had to take my, my child to school. So I said to six parents, I take your child to school, you pay me to and fro. So as I take my child to school, I'm getting paid. Are you learning something? Early morning, I would wake up. I would go to a place. He's a baker. Okay, he bakes all these continental breakfasts, okay? You know, croissant and so forth. I get up at 5.30. 6 o'clock, I'm there. I go and do the rounds in the hotels. I get back at 7.30. I change the car. I take my car and I take my child to school getting paid. I get paid 5.30 till 7.30. I get paid 7.30 till 9 o'clock. Then on Friday night, those days when I had the car that was 30 years old, that's how I broke it. Friday night, I knew a man who had a that time it was DVD. So I, he said to me, you know, I'd like to open till late, but I finish at six. I said to him, I'll take over from six till 10, you pay me. He said, yeah, sure. It was in a, an area where there was a lot of tourists. In four hours, I would sell more than he's made in one week. It's called financial favor. 
Are you learning something here, church? Did you learn something tonight here, church? So I want to encourage you. Honor your God. Honor your parents. And honor your pastors. It will be well with you. Now put your hand on your head and say, Father, give me creative ideas. Every curse is broken. I have a good memory. I have potential. I will progress. I will, pro I will be productive. I will prosper in the name of Jesus. My eyes are open. My ears are open. My mind is blessed. Tonight, in my dreams, you will speak to me. In my vision, you will speak to me. In my mind, you will speak to me. And Lord, you provide my needs in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord. You will give me the spirit of an entrepreneur in the name of Jesus. I receive it. My memory is blessed. My mind is blessed. I have the wisdom of God. I am strong. I am healthy. I am wealthy. I am blessed. Every curse is broken. Every drought is over. And my future is bright. In the name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you. Love you very much. Hallelujah.